season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. to the JKR Podcast. My name is Jay Shrigling and I'm the host. It's going to be episode number three of four this weekend. Two great episodes so far. Thursday with Braden, fr- yesterday on Friday with Jace Lee. Um, two more great episodes this weekend with RJ today and Bradley Farrell tomorrow. I mean, what else would you expect? Great content all the time here on the JKR Podcast. Like I said, RJ Cromartie on the show today. Another member of that 2024 Notre Dame baseball recruiting class. Uh, best friends with Jace, yesterday's guest. Also from South Bend, uh, RJ went to Penn last last season. Um, he is the longest member on that Indiana Bulls black team for the class of 2024. Got a great swing right there in the heart dab of that middle of that lineup for the Indiana Bulls. Um, today we discussed the recruiting process. We dig into a little bit about his hitting approach. Talk about that new Notre Dame coaching staff that just started this summer. Dig into Hitter's Edge a little bit, how he got connected with them and how they've helped his career so far. Uh, so we really just dig into his career as a whole. So let's dig into it and I hope you guys enjoy it. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have third baseman and middle infielder from South Bend, Indiana. We got Indiana Bulls Black, newest recruit to the Notre Dame 2024 class. We got RJ Cromartie on the show. RJ, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today? Man, awesome. Thank you for having me. Hey, of course. So one question I do like to start it out just to get everything rolling with every guest I have on is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is RJ Cromartie? RJ Cromartie is a, a baseball player, you know, he's outgoing, he loves to be around people, and uh, just very, very uh, fun to be, fun to be around. All right. So like I said, you are that newest recruit to the Notre Dame class for the class of 2024, just committed yesterday. So let's kind of mm-hmm. dig into how that whole recruiting process went down for you. So when did that recruiting process start, and when did you start getting noticed by some of those D1 teams? Yeah, so um, my recruiting process started back in uh, eighth grade summer heading into my freshman year. My first call was, uh, it was like the last few days of July. And um, at the time, Notre Dame was my dream school, and they happened to be my first call with the old coaching staff. And um, just kind of from then, uh, I started getting more attention. And um, it's just been, it's been a work in progress, but I'm happy to to announce that. So with, with Notre Dame being your dream school, obviously, and them having been your first actual recruiting call and kind of starting that whole process out for you, mm-hmm. what was that initial call like with that old coaching staff? Like, what were type of the questions they were asking you? Like, and what, plus, I mean, obviously, what was going through your mind, obviously, with that being your dream school and you being a freshman talking to them on the phone? Yeah, you know, coming off of my eighth grade year, um, I was super pumped and I was so excited to finally get a chance to talk to them and start my recruiting process. And... um you know, it, it was Rich Wallace on the phone, and he was just kind of asking me, like, about me, what I like to do, and, um, yeah, that was pretty much it. Okay. So after you got off that phone with Notre Dame, how, how long was it until you started talking to some other teams as well? Uh, it was probably a few weeks after I started talking to more schools, like Ohio State, Texas A&M. 
So as you as you were going through that process, obviously Texas A&M is a good program. Ohio mm-hmm. State being in the Big Ten, obviously yep. in Notre Dame. What were some key things that you were looking for just going throughout that whole process? Yeah, so throughout the process, uh, growing up, I, I wanted to go away for college. And then as I kind of searched into other schools, I, I realized I wanted to stay somewhat close to home and uh, just be able to be close to my family. Okay. So – but so, so obviously with those three schools, I'm sure there's a couple other schools you were talking to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how how long was it? Did you know that Notre Dame was kind of the place you wanted to be before you actually committed yesterday? Oh, man, probably since I was 12, 13, I, I, it's just always been my dream school. And I, I knew I wanted to be there. And not only because of the coaching staff, uh, it's really just the school itself. I mean, it's a beautiful campus. Uh, if you come out of there, you're going to make a have a good degree and get a good job and you'll be set for life so that was a key factor for me yeah so growing up so close to that Notre Dame campus I'm sure you've been to that college campus multiple times mm-hmm. but um were there any other schools that you took college visits on when you were going through the recruiting process yeah so actually my my first visit was University of Missouri I was there for a camp and I got to see that and walk around and see all the facilities so that was pretty cool and then my other visit, I went to Eastern Kentucky and checked that out, and I really like the facilities as well. Okay. So when you went on those visits to Missouri and, East, and Eastern Kentucky, what were some of the things they were showing you, and just overall, what were the vibes over there on campus? Yeah, so Missouri, I really liked Missouri for some time. And uh, being out there, I mean, they have a nice football stadium. But I didn't really like how everything was kind of far apart. I don't know. It just didn't feel like home to me. And then Eastern Kentucky, everything was pretty close together. I mean, it's beautiful campus, and I loved it there. But, uh, you know, it just wasn't the place for me. Yeah. So you've mentioned A&M, Ohio State. You mentioned Missouri and then Eastern Kentucky. So were there any other schools besides those those four or five that were um, involved at all throughout the process? Yeah, I, I talked to Purdue. Um, yeah, Purdue, Ohio State. Talked to Alabama, Indiana. Um, schools like that. Okay. So with you committing to Notre Dame yesterday, were there some other schools that maybe finished second and third in your uh, decision-making? Uh, not not really. I mean, Eastern Kentucky, I'd probably say, was the close second. But um, other than that, there weren't really many schools that compared to Notre Dame in that aspect. Okay. So you going through this process, you're about ready to commit, and then there's kind of some rumblings of that Notre Dame coaching transition. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I really didn't follow it until they announced Coach Stifler a couple of months ago. Yep. But what was going through your mind as Coach Wallace leaves and they're going through a head coaching transition and kind of just going through that whole process? Yeah, so I was getting pretty far along with the old coaching staff and uh, they were coming to check me out and watch some of my games. And uh, when they announced it that uh, Link was leaving, I was I was a little brought down by that just because, you know, I'd been talking to them for some time and, you know, I love Link and what he did at Notre Dame and how he changed the program and turned it around. But um, once I heard Stifler was a new head coach, I I didn't know how to feel about it at first. But then I started hearing nothing but great things about him. So that made me excited. And then I started talking to the new staff and I knew that it was, it was going to be a fun time. Yeah. So even though it's been a really short period of time since the new coaching staff came in, how has your relationships evolved so far with them? Oh, it's been great. It's been tremendous. Um, you know, as soon as I, that first phone call I, I had with uh, Coach Robbins, 
he, he just made it feel like home and uh, made me feel wanted there. So um, it was an easy decision for me. Okay. So obviously, I mean, you have a great relationship with your current Bulls teammate and future ND teammate, teammate as well. He committed that day before you, Jace Lee. Mm-hmm. So how long ago did that relationship begin? And can you kind of just describe what your guys' relationship's like? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we actually grew up together. We we met about four or five. Our older brothers played football together. And uh, at the time, me and Jace, we, we weren't too fond of each other. We used to get into it pretty much every day at those football practices. And then uh, I want to say it was six or seven. We, we played basketball together. So that's kind of when the relationship began for us. And uh, since then, we've been playing together on the same baseball team since we were seven years old. So have you been able to connect with any other um, any other future Notre Dame teammates just throughout travel ball maybe? Or... Yeah, yeah, I have. I've been trying to get a few guys to come here, and hopefully they do. If not, great for them. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So who are you, how, how do you go about the kind of like recruiting some other guys to Notre Dame? Like you just what reaching out through Instagram, be like, Hey man, come play, come play with us. Or how, how exactly are you doing that? Yeah. Uh, I've just been kind of texting some people and just seeing like what, what their options are. And I would, I would be like, yo, are you interested in Notre Dame? And, uh, this one kid in specific, he was like, yeah, if I had, I would go there if I had the chance to. So, uh, I let the coach know about him and, uh, he got on a phone call. So, Let's hope for the best. Yeah. So obviously growing up so close to Notre Dame, um, I'm sure you got some family out there in South Bend. So are they going to be able to make it to a lot of games once you um, are playing there in the spring of 2025? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I feel like that was a, a big part of it for me as well, because with me being with the Bulls, I'm, I'm pretty much gone every weekend. So a lot of my family hasn't been able to come out and watch me play. So being back home for college means a lot to me and means a lot to them as well. Yeah. So just moving into like that commitment you had yesterday. So obviously mm-hmm. you and your really good friend Jace Lee committed back to back days. So was that kind of a planned thing or was it kind of just a coincidence? Yeah. So uh, it's been a dream of ours since we were 12 or 13. We always talked about it. Our parents talked about it. And we were like, yo, like what if we happen to commit to Notre Dame on the same day? Like, you know, how cool that would be. And uh, so Jace actually got offered first. And I didn't talk to Notre Dame yet at the time. So I was thinking, all right, I'll probably follow you up within a month or so. And uh, same day, I actually got on the phone call with them and uh, I committed on the spot. So we lived out that dream of committing on the same day. And then I didn't have any edits ready. So I was like, yo, you got tomorrow and I'll just follow the day after. Okay. All right. That's that's a cool story. I mean, that's a a great thing to have with one of your best friends. Yeah, for sure. Um, you guys also both go to Hitter's Edge. I guess I kind of just learned that this morning. I was doing a little mm-hmm. bit last last minute research. So, yeah. how did you get connected with Hitter's Edge up there in Sturgis, and how have they helped your evolved your career so far? Yeah, so um, I forget how how it came up, but I'm pretty sure as one of his previous clients, they reached out to my dad and they were like, "Yo, this hitting dude, he's the truth. You need to take your son to him." And um, that was back in August of 2016. So. I ended up going there for the first time and it's just, the rest is history. I've been going there ever since and he's helped me tremendously. And without him, I wouldn't be the hitter I am today. Yeah. I know hitters edge. He helps out a lot of high school kids, but when yeah. you do head to Notre Dame, what's your plan with there? Are you planning on still like going to hitters edge in the summertime or what do you, what do you think is going to be the plan there? Probably. Yeah. Most likely I'll, I'll be going back there a lot. And uh, just whenever I have time, you know, I'll, I'll be there. Okay. So let's let's move on a little bit to your experience with the Indiana Bulls. 
So, I mean, from talking to you in the past, I know you said you were one of the first members of that Bulls team in the class of 2024. Mm-hmm. So can you kind of take us through how your whole travel ball experience has been so far? Yeah, so I started out with the Michiana reps, uh, six, seven, and eight. And um, kind of from then, my dad told me, he was like, yo, when you're nine, we're, we're taking you to the Bulls and you're going to try out. And uh, so I went and tried out in the 9U and I didn't know what to expect from it, but I got that phone call the day after and my coach let me know that I made the black team and uh, I was super pumped. And so Jason and I are the actually the only two left from that original 9U team and it really means a lot to the both of us to to be a part of such a special thing. Yeah. So I mean, being there since your nine year turn, since your nine year season, I mean, obviously, like you said, there's been a lot of turnaround when it comes to other players. So mm-hmm. what's that journey been like? Just seeing that original team you were a part of to slowly having guys come in who are obviously like Braden Thomas, Ahmad Duff, Nash Wagner. I mean, I'm missing a lot of guys here just because your guys' team's so stacked. So can you kind of take us through that journey of just? being you and Jay, some other guys, and then those guys slowly leaving and some other guys coming in? Yeah, so, I mean, every year there's a few guys that come and go, and then after a while they start to fizzle out, and it's a completely new team. And then pretty much since 14U, our our team has uh, pretty much been the same. We've added some people, and uh, it's been a great experience just getting to know the families and players throughout the years. And so, yeah. Okay. So I know you guys. I know you guys are planning on having a Bulls national team next year for your guys' class. Yep. So how's that process working? Like, are you guys starting to reach out to guys now across the country, or what's what's the plan there for next summer? Yeah. So we're actually pretty much going to keep the same team that we have this year, and uh, I don't know if we'll be named Bulls national next year. I'm pretty sure we're going to be named Bulls scout, but we're just going to add some top arms and probably a few positional players. So it'll pretty much be the same team. Okay, so when that when that happens, you guys are adding players who who are maybe out of state. Does yeah. that does that come from like re, just relationships the players have built with other players, or are there coaches a lot, or is it mostly coaches that are reaching out to people? Yeah, so from what I've heard, I'm not sure if it's true or not. So don't quote me, but uh, there there was five five arms I want to say, or five players that had reached out to the coaching staff, and they were like, "Yo, we want to come play for you guys, and we'll be willing to like just come as POs." So that's something that we're definitely looking into. Okay. All right. Sounds like it's about to be a fun summer next year. But with you having one full summer left, obviously, I mean, you've had a lot of travel ball experience so far, so many seasons of playing top-notch baseball. So what are some of your favorite travel ball stories you've had so far and just some of your top memories you've had with just one more season of travel ball left? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So actually, I'm just going to get into my favorite of all time, you know, the 12U Cooperstown experience. That was absolutely amazing, just living in the the little dorms that they had and just being there at the facility all the time. It, w- it was an awesome experience for not only me, but I know the rest of the kids as well. And um, we actually ended up winning the Cooperstown championship, and we were we we're actually the only team from Indiana to ever win it. So that, that means a lot to us. And, um, yeah, let's see. What else? There's so There's so many stories I have. Uh, yeah, I, I can't even think. I don't know. Uh, yeah, just just being on the team throughout the summers. I don't know. Every every summer is an experience. I'll tell you that. Yeah, another another great experience that you had. Obviously, I've seen this a lot the past week or so, uh, just on Instagram, on Twitter, seeing all these videos, seeing all these pictures. Was that futures games you guys? That future games you guys were a part of for Team Indiana. Yeah. 
Um, so can you take us through that? Like, where was that located? What was the days like? And just what was that experience like for you? Yes. Yeah, so the Futures Games was located in uh, Lake Point uh, in Emerson, Georgia. And basically what it is, it's for the top uncommitted players. And, you know, going there day one, we had a showcase kind of hitting, throwing, running and just showcasing all of that. And then the next two days we played we played one game a day. And uh, we had probably the hardest bracket uh, at the thing. And we had Texas, California, and Georgia. And we ended up winning our pool. So that was pretty cool. Okay. So out of all your travel ball uh, teammates that you've had, so this can be playing for the Bulls. This can be playing just a couple, like that event with the Futures game. Who do you think has been a couple guys that have flown underneath the radar so far in terms of maybe their college recruiting or just whatever it happens to be? Who do you think some guys who have maybe flown underneath the radar? Yeah, so um, definitely I would say on my team that has flown under the radar is Isaac Vanderwood, you know. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard, yeah I've, I've, I've come across him a couple times. Yeah, so we have Isaac and who else? Man. There's so many guys on the team that are just full of talent. I mean, I, I really feel like my entire team as a whole is kind of under the radar and we're up and coming next summer. Yeah. So, I mean, looking at that 2024 class here in Indiana, I mean, you guys are stacked. I mean, I, th- I believe it was Shooter Hunt that came out and said that class of 2024 in Indiana is probably going to be one of the best states around. Yeah. But there was at one point where almost every t- every guy in that top 10 that was just released played on that same team, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, actually. Uh, Rick Starner, he was our head coach from 9 to 14 U, and uh, he ended up taking some of our, our really the core guys at that time, and he, he moved on to Canes Midwest. So, yeah, we we all played together, and, I mean, it'd be nice if we were all still together. But So do you, do you still have those relations? Obviously, I know J, JT, Rick's son, uh, Hogan Denny. Yep. Um, let's see. Was it Jack Brown on that team as well? Jack Brown, Noah Coy, Hunter Snow. Okay. So do you still have relationships with those guys or do you not really talk anymore since you guys really don't play summer ball together? Yeah. So, uh, I don't really talk to them as much anymore as I'd like to, but I saw Noah and Hunter this past week. So it was good to connect with them again and see them and be able to play with them again. Yeah. So moving into high school, just a little bit. So you just got done with your sophomore season. And just one question I, I do like to ask guys who are a little bit younger, um, just coming out of your second high school season, what would you say would be tougher when you're playing travel ball, when you're facing the elite prospects of your age group in those big time tournaments, or when you're facing high school guys who are 17, 18 year olds going to college the next season, what would you say would be tougher when it comes to just facing them on the mound and overall? Yeah, definitely. I would say travel ball as a collective, just because there's overall more talent and just more high end prospects, but, you know, in high school ball, when you come across those guys like Andrew Dukanich and just people like that, you know, um, high-end MLB draft picks. So, um, yeah, it's really just travel ball. And, and then occasionally in high school, you'll see those guys. Yeah. So you guys were actually state champions last year. So can you kind of take us through what your experience was like for that, uh, what you got to see, and then actually what it was like being at Victory Field for that championship game? Yeah, so – Pretty much the whole playoffs, I was injured with a strained hamstring, so I didn't get to play through that. But just being there, the atmosphere with the team, uh, you know, it was pretty hype uh, really throughout the whole playoffs. And being there at Victory Field, we had, we had a whole planned out day. We had a send-off, so 
that was pretty amazing to be a part of. Um, and just playing at Victory Field, seeing all those people out there, seeing like the Penn side, the Cathedral side, and really just knowing that they wanted their team to win. And uh, we got the job finished. Uh, and it was really an amazing experience. Yeah, so you, you're actually exactly halfway through your high school experience so far. So playing these first two years in South Bend. But what's your, what's your plan here these next two couple of years before you head to Notre Dame's campus? Yeah, so I'm actually going to a, a prep school in New York. It's called the Stony Brook School, and they're really high-end academically and uh, on the uh, athletic side of things, too. So it was an opportunity for me that I couldn't pass up. So that's where I'll be going this fall. Yeah. So how did you get connected with those guys up in New York? Yeah, so actually I was I was at school one day. I was in lunch. It was back in November, and uh, I got a text from a, a coach, a previous coach of mine that I'd played with, and he was like, yo, this dude from uh, Stony Brook wants you, and he'd be offering to give you a full ride. And at the time, it was, like, all new to me, and I was like, what? So – um, really from there, I just kind of kept that in the back of my mind. And at first I didn't like the thought of leaving home and just leaving the area. But then as the summer came around, I, I was really thinking about it more and I just felt like it was the best place for me to be. Yeah. So I take it being in New York, I mean, you're not, you're not going to be seeing your parents as much. It's kind of yeah. going to be like what most people experience their freshman year of college. Yeah. So what are you needing to do just mentally to prepare just to be away from your parents, um, being so far away from them for such an extended period of time? Yeah, I mean, I'll be back a lot for baseball, but, uh, I mean, I, I don't even have a plan, honestly. I, I don't know. I've never been away from them for that long of time, so I'm hoping all all goes well. And, yeah. Um, I'm excited for it, you know, and I'll, I'll have a head start to those other kids who are just doing high school and then going off to college, so I'll be prepared uh, on the college life. So. so you talk about how that school up there in New York, they're very good academically. So you still have two years for you head to Notre Dame, but do you kind of have an idea of what you're wanting to study once you do head to campus? Yeah, so growing up as a kid, I, I was always playing with Legos, and I wanted to be an engineer, but as I've gotten older, I've kind of realized that I want to be in business and finance and just kind of be involved with that. Okay, so are you wanting to maybe like potentially start your own business down the road, or what exactly on the business side of things are you wanting to do? Yeah, so after my days of playing baseball are over, I want to, I want to get back into baseball and hopefully get involved with a, a major league team or minor league team, just just whoever will take me. I just want to be back in the game of baseball. Okay. So you do say you are going to be flying back to Indiana quite a bit just for baseball. So are there going to be some baseball tournaments you got going on this fall? Or what, what's the plan What's the plan looking this fall when it comes to baseball? Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually fortunate enough to play for Team Indiana this fall. So I'll be playing with them and coming back on weekends to play with them. Okay. So I know a lot of people, they talk about playing for Team Indiana, but what, how, how, how exactly did that work out for you? Like, how did you connected? Um, what's exactly going on? Where are the tournaments played at? Um, just overall, what's Team Indiana looking like this year? Yeah, Team Indiana is full of talent this year. Um, I got connected through Dan Held. He's actually the Bulls. Uh, what is it? The Bulls Operations. Yeah, Director of Operations. And so he reached out to me and texted me and he was like, yo, do you want to play for Team Indiana? I was like, I was like, yeah. And he said, all right. And then he texted me a few days later and said he had an open spot. And so I, I just kind of took that. And um, we're, we're going to be at Grand Park for four of our tournaments. And then 
uh, we go to Jupiter for the last one, and that's pretty much the biggest event of the year. So for Team Indiana, is a lot of guys in your class, is it going to be class 2023 maybe with Max, Andrew, Drake, all those guys? Or who's like who's who else makes up that roster? Yeah, so, I mean, there's, there's some 2023s like Mitchell Dean, Matt Santana, but uh, a lot of the team is 2024s, and so we're just kind of building it and prepping for next year, and hopefully we have a shot at winning it then. Okay. All right. So let's, let's move on a little bit to more of your actually on the field play instead of just travel ball, high school, all that. So you're listed as a third baseman and a middle infielder. So mm-hmm. have you talked to the Notre Dame coaching staff at all as maybe what their plan is when uh, down the road uh, as of what position you might be playing? Yeah, no, we haven't really gotten into that yet, but I'm sure we will here soon. But I mean, as long as I'm out there playing, you know, I'll, I'll be having some fun. So, yeah. So for you personally, what what spot do you think fits you the best? Third base, second, or th- uh, shortstop? Definitely third or second. Okay. So if you were a scout watching your game, what would be your personal scouting report on yourself? So that could be in the batter's box and even in the dugout when you're interacting with teammates. Mm-hmm. I would definitely just say just the way I carry myself and my leadership on the field and trying to help out my teammates in tough situations. And uh, especially my pitchers, you know, when they're struggling, I try to go out there and just calm them down and talk to them for a little bit to slow the game down a little bit and get them back on their track. So digging into your hitting approach a little bit. So when you're in the on-deck circle, you're watching the guy in front of you and you're just kind of watching the pitcher, see what he's doing. What's going through your mind? And then when you do walk up to the batter's box, what are you trying to do with each at bat? Yeah. So in the on-deck circle, my thought process is kind of just load stride and just kind of see the pitcher and what he's doing, see what pitches he's throwing, get my timing down. And as I'm walking up to the the batter's box, I'm just thinking in my mind, just hit the ball as hard as you can, no matter where it's pitch. And then in the box, you know, I just try to hunt the fastball and uh, just hit whatever comes my way. Okay. So do you, I know a lot of kids, they do have a two strike approach and some kids don't. So Mm -hmm. do you kind of have a two strike approach or do you kind of just go about it the same way um, throughout the at bat? Yeah. So, on both sides, I, I kind of have a, a high leg kick. But um, when I get to two strikes, I, I shorten up, choking up, and just try to go with a, a no-stride swing. And I just feel like that suits me best on two strikes. So you mentioned there that you say both sides. So obviously you are a switch hitter. So mm-hmm. how did that start? When did you start switch hitting? And what side was actually your natural side? Yeah, so growing up, I was about four or five when I, I actually started switch hitting. My dad would just toss me the little plastic ball, and I would just kind of hit from both sides. And, you know, it's always been a natural talent of mine, and I've been able to do it. But I never really committed to it until I was 14. So this was my second full summer of switch hitting. And, um, you know, it's been awesome. It's really opened a lot of doors for me. And um, just being able to hit on both sides is pretty cool, you know. And after a never have to feel like uh, oh, I'm facing lefty-lefty or like a righty-righty, you know. So that's pretty nice. So being being a right-handed thrower, I'm assuming you hit right-handed naturally or was it was it vice versa? No, yeah, I hit right-handed naturally. Okay. So being in South Bend, Andy, so being in South Bend, I mean, you face a lot of great baseball talent and even playing for the Bulls, obviously going to that WWBA, playing in a lot of great events. But who do you think has been the t- a couple of the hardest pitchers that you've faced in your career so far? Yeah, so I would say some of the hardest pitchers that I faced was my 15U summer. So last year, um, we were playing Marucci Elite, and uh, they're from Texas. 
and um i forget his name but i mean he was like up to 91 at the time he had a disgusting like slider just cut across his own and uh change up knuckleball so he, he was definitely a hard guy for me to face and then we faced five-star national a couple of weeks ago in the wwba and uh we lost to them and they had a kid i mean he tops 95 he was sitting 91 to 90 92 um so he was pretty hard to face. He had a nasty changeup, nice little curveball, and uh, he he was dominant. I mean, his pitching, his just just the way he was throwing, it was just hard to kind of catch up with. So dig it into your relationship with Jace just a little bit more before yep. we kind of move on and stop talking about it for a little bit. Um, you obviously do get playing at Penn this past two seasons. You did get to face South Bend St. Joe and face Jace. So yep. what was it like facing him? Um, you have any cool stories? And how did how did the um, competitiveness come out of you when you were facing Jace? Yeah, so my freshman year, I was on JV, so I didn't get a chance to face him. But uh, this past year, I was on varsity. So we played them and just playing St. Joe, it was pretty cool for the both of our families. And, uh, you know, we ended up beating St. Joe, but just being out there playing with Jace, I was talking to him a little bit. And then we got a picture after the game with a little jersey swap. So that was pretty cool as well. Yeah, of course. So before you head to Notre Dame's campus here in the fall of 2024, what are some of the biggest things you're wanting to work on in your game just to fix before you head to the college campus? Yeah, I definitely want to just work on my strength and athleticism and definitely get stronger, get bigger, and uh, just overall grow as a person to be ready for the college level. Okay. So, So talking about college baseball, Obviously, you're in South Bend. You go – obviously, Notre Dame's there as well. Um, and then moving on to some professional baseball, there really isn't a major league team in Indiana, but you've mm-hmm. got the Tigers, you've got the White Sox, and you've got the Cubs all kind of in your realm. So when you're watching Major League Baseball, is there a team you watch? And then is there any guys that you like to model your game after in the major leagues? Yeah, so I, I like to model my game after Manny Machado, you know, Fernando Tatis, Mike Trout. Those are all players that I look up to, Javi Baez. And, you know, it's just the way they carry themselves and just the way they kind of play with that swagger. You know, I feel like I play the game the same way. And especially Manny Machado with him playing third base. He's always he's always had a nice glove. And uh, it's just been the guy that I watch and look up to as a third baseman. OK, so what about the team wise? Is there any team you want to you watch? Certainly. Uh, I, I just kind of watch whatever's on, you know, um, just whoever's on the TV, whoever's playing, I'll probably mainly watch a specific player more than the team but no there's no certain teams that I specifically watch okay all right so there's a couple more questions for you so I do like to end off each podcast just kind of talking about some off the field stuff with mm-hmm. each player um so when you're not playing on the baseball field what are maybe some of your passions you like to do beyond the field yeah so in the summer I, I like to hang out with friends you know I'm at home most of the time so I relax outside of baseball and then in the winter and fall I like to get out and uh, just go to football games hang out with friends and especially in the winter I, li- I like to snowboard a lot and that's a, a hobby of mine that I like to do okay so where are you snowboarding at is there a lot of places in South Bend around that area you can snowboard or you kind of have to head north in Michigan yeah we head up north it's about I want to say a 40 minute drive it's called Swiss Valley Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think I went tubing there a couple times. I've yeah. s- snowboarding's kind of a thing I've always kind of wanted to do, but I'm kind of a kind of a bigger guy, so I don't know if I I don't know if I'd be too great at that. But yeah, uh, you'll uh, get it with uh, with South Bend kind of being you know one of those one of those mid major cities in the state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. Is there a lot of stuff to do in in South Bend that you like to do, or is it kind of a 
and not really much to do. Let's just hang out at, at each other's houses. Yeah. So uh, growing up, the, the city's kind of turned around a lot and there's been a lot of new renovations to the city and a lot of things added. So, um, you know, we have parks, we have the South Bend Cubs, the single A for the Chicago Cubs. So um, there's there's some stuff to do. There's some little putt putts around here. So, yeah, I mean, it's a nice little area and good to be good to be yeah. here. Yeah. So one last question for you. So obviously with name, image and likeness coming out here last last summer and you heading to a college campus in the fall of 2024, have you thought about it as, at all about maybe a potential brand you'd love to work with once you do head to a college campus? No, there hasn't been any specific brands that I, I, I'm, I'm dying to work with. But, you know, I'm just hoping with me staying here in the city, I can get some some brands here throughout the city and just kind of get some businesses from home. Yeah. Are there any like cool small businesses that you kind of like to go to when you're in South Bend? Oh, I mean, no, I can't think any of, of off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's some out there. Okay. All right, man. Well, that's all the questions I got for you. Really appreciate you coming on the show. I know it's, I know it's been a long time coming. I know we talked about it a while ago, but the schedule's just been so jam-packed. So I'm glad we were finally able to make it work. Kind of doing a bull spotlight with you, Jace, Braden, uh, Cade McCoy. I know I'm reaching out to Bradley Farrell, um, Mm -hmm. Tobias, um, one more, oh, Lynch, I believe. So I'm trying to get all you guys on the podcast. I'm super pumped to get you on as well. So um, I'll, I mean, being, being just only 45 minutes from the Notre Dame campus, I'm sure I'll be out watching you some, uh, watching some games. And I guess, I guess we are meeting next Tuesday. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, me too. Thank you for having me. And that's going to do it for another episode of the JKR podcast. Really like to thank RJ for coming on the show today. Like I said, this was episode three of four this weekend. Usually we just do three episodes a weekend on the podcast. This weekend we did four. So we got one more here tomorrow on Sunday. It's going to be Bradley Farrell, 2024 Kentucky baseball commit. All four of these guys this weekend, all teammates on the Indiana Bulls team. Um, So really excited to get all this out. Great content all weekend. So expect the same tomorrow with Bradley. With that being said, I do want to wish RJ the best of luck as he goes to New York here this next season. Best of luck next summer ball and and uh, sorry, best of luck next summer as he plays travel ball for the last time for the Indiana Bulls and as he heads to college at Notre Dame. So best of luck to him. Um, but for any more updates on the JKR podcast, make sure to check out our website. That's going to be www jkrpodcast.com and our social media that's going to be at jkr underscore podcast so check that out keep listening and i'll catch you guys tomorrow